Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. With 15 years in the entertainment business, Monica Soto is just beginning her path as a full-time production designer. Monica is a first-generation Filipina-American who grew up in Pasadena, California. In 2020, Monica won an Art Directors Guild Award for her production design work on the hit Comedy Central TV series, Drunk History. As she discusses in the episode, Monica and the Drunk History art team nabbed a primetime Emmy nomination this year. While we just found out she and the team lost the Emmy to SNL, we're still so excited for Monica and as she says, the honor of just being nominated. In addition to Drunk History, Monica's credits and clients include the shows RuPaul's Drag Race, American Horror Story, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Bones, Miss 2059, and Rizzolian Isles. Films include Chappaquiddick and The Express, and Monica's also worked on ad campaigns for companies such as Kentucky Fried Chicken, Citibank, and BuzzFeed. We had such a great time chatting with Monica and hope you enjoy the conversation too. Well, Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited. And um, yeah, you got nominated for an Emmy. What the heck? Yeah, that is huge. (laughs) Um, So we'll get into the Emmy stuff, but um, we wanted to start with Drunk History, which is related to your Emmy, um, and just talk about how you created the sets for all 16 episodes of the sixth season, which, and Drunk History for any of our listeners, um, depicts moments of history in the U.S. by inebriated storytellers. Um, we want to know, what was your favorite part of the creative process on this project? Um, it is, I think I love research, and I've always loved history, so this was a really good fit for me, the show. I do it. I do enjoy that part, even though it can get really intense and frustrating when you're like, you know, trying to find a picture of the ASPCA in 1953, like something so specific. Um, But it is awesome to work on period, uh, like period pieces, because you really get to experiment with like all all the fun stuff, like all the furniture and the costumes and like whatever their technology was at the time, you know. Just kind of, yeah, you're literally in the space with like an old-timey kitchen, like in Typhoid Marys. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to like see. Um, But really my favorite part is how everyone collaborates. We're like really big fans of everything, which I think is common for all creative people. You know, like we have our favorite sports, our favorite TV shows and, and bands and stuff like that. And all of those conversations are actually relevant to the final look which is kind of funny to say but you know I loved um we worked on a John Lennon story so I loved talking about John Lennon and the Beatles almost every day um I've always wanted to do an ancient Egypt story I've never done one before this season um so it was it was great to finally like rent the cool stuff from all these prop houses like I've never needed a statue of Anubis, but today I do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, just indulging, indulging that. 
fantasy, I guess. Um, Derek and I are really, really inspired by Disneyland. So I think if we achieve that level of wonder on set, like you just want to touch everything, you're like, what is that little thing? Then it's great, you know? That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more um, in detail about the research process? So like once you know, okay, here's where we're going to be. It's this moment in time. What do you go and like run off to go do? Yeah. Thankfully, we usually do have like a quick research, you know, um, summary from the producers. And then I just expand on that. I want every photo and etching and painting that could be possibly relevant. Microfiche, YouTube video, whatever. And we, we even watch, you know, uh, other historical reenactment shows. We're so heavily inspired by like Ken Burns in particular and like um, History Channel, anything, you know, whoever's done it before. And of course, we're like the comedic reenactment. So <laughs> we can really blend a lot of styles. If it's not a literal set, then we really lean into this aesthetic that's been established of like um, community community theater or like uh, like a school theater club that's, that just happens to have a little bit more money and are a little bit older. <laughs> but, you know, we do a lot of painted backdrops and painted set pieces too. We can't get the exact antiques or something. And then of course, like we have fun with our miniatures, which was a look that was established before I started designing, but I've been part of um, for three to four seasons now. But like the miniatures, they can be just like fake Barbie dolls, you know, <laughs> that we buy at the dollar store, or they could be custom made things that we have made by like, you know, carpenters and sign shops and stuff. So like the variety is really, really there. Um, I'm obviously rambling about it, but I love it. I, I love so much. About it. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Yeah. Like how fun did yeah. it kind of be able to build different worlds for every episode. I mean, not different worlds, but it is kind of different worlds. Um, for every it is. Episode. That's it such is. A like, and, you know, we have to do it in a day, usually. Bad Blood is different. We got three days to do Egypt. <laughs> um, but, you know, before we were doing Egypt, we were, we were like in the 1800s the day before. So I, we really have just like trucks full of decor flying in and out. Like nothing... We have no permanent sets. We have no bottle, you know, to use TV terms. Like we have no, none of that. So every day it's this like conjuring up and then wrapping it out. And I, I think we share that in common with like live TV and in theater. So honestly, this is such a, like the more I get to talk about it this season, it's such a great experience because it really expands on like everything you've experienced as an artist, you know, like every perspective is really valuable. You could come up the old school Hollywood way. We've had, you know, veterans of the industry work on it and they get a kick out of it, I guess. They're like, the show is so weird with how fast it moves and like the ambition, the ambition to do a new time period every day, you know, with new actors. I mean, we do have an ensemble cast that's amazing and they really are awesome people and they set the culture for the performers. Um... And we're lucky that comedians now, like they're best friends, right? It feels like <laughs> it feels like all the famous comedians are in this big clique together. And that's great because they're actually nice. And it's like an inclusive clique, you know, like they're all friends of the show, you know, like um, 
Aubrey Plaza, David Wayne, you know, and then up and coming talent as well. Like they come through, they come through our production. That's so cool. So Yeah. Two questions. Uh, you're speaking about, you know, how everybody kind of comes up into it differently. Uh, how did you find yourself in production design one? And also, I'm just curious, how many people are on your team for this show, building these sets with it, you? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the team first. There's, um, I mean, when I started, it was me and the designer and then like a decorator and a prop master. And of course, set deck and props had, you know, props probably had an additional handful of people and maybe set deck is two hands, you know, like <laughs> two handfuls. And we've grown and grown and grown because the ideas get bigger, you know, the sets get bigger. So we have really this like circus honestly, <laughs> of, of a crew. If you include everyone, we have one of the biggest base camps because like we're constantly moving through LA to our different locations that are appropriate, you know, like we might hang out at a movie ranch for a couple of weeks, but that's like the longest we'll ever be in one place really. Um, so I want to say a lot, I have a lot of people <laughs> to make it, to make it work. Um, and, and I'm glad about that growth. Um, the way I got into production design, the short version is like, I can't, I was like an artistic kid. I was always in the art room. I really love painting and drawing. Like I'm a pretty, you know, indoor cat about my work <laughs> if I could do you know I just like my happy place is like being at my desk drawing music on or like the tv on so anything that <laughs> if I could just keep doing that forever that's what I wanted to do when I was a teenager I got into animation and then maybe special effects like animatronics was really interesting at one point and then I really got fixated on cinematography and I'm lucky I grew up like privileged enough to go to private school and that helped me get into USC film school and that was like that is really good pre-Hollywood lifestyle. You know, like the way they teach at that film school is pretty similar to the way it really works. And when I was there, I was like, I miss drawing. I actually don't really enjoy camera as much. I respect it very much, you know, and I'm glad I learned. But I started doing art department on student films, on shorts, and, and fell in love right away. You know, I got lucky. My first short, I really understood what needed what it needed to look like and like I got good notes immediately and I was I think that dopamine hit was like that's it I'm going to do art department forever and I took every uh art direction class available to me and but for a while like I didn't work in art department I ended up coming back into it about 12 years ago because I I got to know the designer Nelson Coates and he took a chance on me he like put me on a crew for Universal Film, and I've never, and I've been on on a crew ever since, you know. But yeah, my I love to ramble about my story. There are a lot of key figures. The takeaway is like I I always knew, so I always asked, and I worked really hard for people. So when I came to ask for a favor or ask for a chance, it was a little bit more logically logical and reasonable because I had already proven myself as, like, this eager person. <laughs> wow, I love that. That's such a great story. And I love that you were so open to just exploring different things. I feel like sometimes in film you find people that are a little bit, like, locked into one aspect of it. Um, it's very tempting. Yeah, it's yeah. very tempting to be locked in. Yeah, um, but I love that. You, you, 
Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it just feels reflective of what you were speaking about um, just with your current project of the collaboration that's involved. And it feels like you've just been a collaborator since day one. So it's cool to see that kind of thread. That's that's nice. That's really nice to think about. I, I'd like to take that. Yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> I'll wear that hat that I'm a good collaborator. Yes. But it seems like a simple thing. You have to just be open minded, you know, and not be too arcane or pretentious, you know, I mean, those are mean words, but like, don't disregard where the source is coming from, you know, if it's like, if the source is legit, whatever that means in that context, like, you're allowed to listen to that, you know, like, you're allowed to be inspired by anything. And that's really hard. It's really hard to really get to, you know, like, shows, they, they have a look, they have a Bible, they have, they have rules, really. And I think those are important for sure, but it is nice to like break your own rules on how you create something. Yes. I love that. Me too. We're a big fan of notes yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, expanding and, and kind of seeing what's next. Um, and that kind of brings us to, yeah, you're, so you were just nominated for an Emmy for your work on drunk history. Congrats. So exciting. Thank you. Um, and in addition, you won the variety reality or event special production design award from the art directors guild for your work on drunk history as well. Um, we know awards aren't everything, but how does it feel to have your, your work recognized in this way? It's so crazy. I'm so (laughs) thankful. I have major imposter syndrome, which is like the insecure, but very true side of it, you know, because drunk history, like the, it's the thing I'm insecure about is that drunk history is like my first real big design job. And like from one really hard season that honestly really challenged me mentally and emotionally because it was all new, like being in charge for something so big. And the show also ramped up. Like it was the most episodes we had done the most range of time periods, you know, and, you know, it was like so much of this. And then for it, for a a year or two later to like, like really bloom for me in recognition to hear that we have fans and specifically people are fans of my work and my team's work. To me, it's always like, not just my work because I've, I've seen the 50 people who touched it, you know, it's hard to claim as my own, but like to even just be, I guess the representative of everyone's hard work, it's like such, it's so beyond flattering. And they, when they say like, you've already won, once you're nominated, that's very true. It's like a wedding, like everyone wants to come out and congratulate you, you know? Um, I guess the only bummer is like, it can't be in person this year because of the pandemic and like a big part of this is celebrating together. So I really miss everybody. So I have a lot of mixed emotions. I'm like gobsmacked. I guess I know what that word means now. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it really feels like you're smacked with love. Like, oh my God. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm only, I, I want to I wanna cut my down, all, myself down all the time. And like, thank you for being therapists right now and listening to me. But I want to be like, but I'm like not that old. Like I haven't, I've done it a long time, but not designing specifically, but I care about, the, you know, like, there's so many excuses to feel like you don't deserve something weirdly, but I'm trying to lean into it. I'm trying to accept this positivity, especially now. And to just be like, okay, I'm okay with being good at this. <laughs> I'm okay with knowing people who I consider, who I now can consider masters at their craft, 
you know, and like it's a it's a precarious balance between being confident and making sure it doesn't like feed your ego negatively. You know, being grounded is important to me. That's so. a good way to yes. think about it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks for letting me ramble on that. Oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> no, we, we love details. We're like, give, it, give us the whole long <laughs> story. We want it. <laughs> um, speaking of kind of, kind of nitty-gritty details, sort of, uh, we're just curious. So you've been art director, assistant art director, art department coordinator, and production designer on many different projects. Can you speak just a little bit about what is the difference between these positions? Oh, yeah. In a way, it's good to like keep in mind the uh, hierarchy of other departments in order to understand. But the production production designer is the department head, and that is a sort of new t- term. Like if you watch old movies, like The Wizard of Oz, they only have art directors, you know. But it definitely came to a point in, I guess, filmmaking history. I'm trying to remember all my USC film school stuff now, but I forgot when. But um, that title started being important because it it really became distilled to like, this is the architect of the look of the film, you know? And that designer needs to be able to collaborate with the DP and now VFX and special effects locations and the director and producers and all that. And the art director is really the right hand, like the first mate, which I guess is similar to like a director of photography, cinematographer having a gaffer, you know? And then also a best boy grip and in, in a way, a best boy and assistant art director are sort of similar. Um, but the assistant art director position is a little bit more, uh, it's so varied because it really is just assisting the art director, you know? It's just making sure there's a rank. So <laughs> that approval processes and like basically so the pipeline is clear is the reason for this hierarchy. And um, after the assistant art director in the art department, or Concurrent is a set designer. Those are the drafts people. They just draw. They just do all the technical drawings and, um, you know, they measure locations and all that. And they collect and like, they make the plans that construction, you know, executes. And construction is really construction graphics (laughs) and uh, some set deck supervision. That's what the art directors do. But the decorator is like its own, her own thing, you know. She has direct access to the designer. The art directors really only just check in with set deck to see what they need, how they're doing, making sure they're on time. They know all the information. It's really just communicating. Same thing with property or props, you know. They're pretty much autonomous, even though their work is really intertwined. And we we have a lot of crossovers, like the label on the bottle, that's gonna be graphic design. So that's an art director's to-do list but the prop it ends up in props so it's a conversation you know um even though we're all trying to have just one boss we actually always have a couple bosses <laughs> depending on what the thing is you know um but yeah i hope i explained it oh the coordinator our department coordinator that's like the office manager but that position she needs to also be really creative you know um you have to have a taste for whatever comes into building or decorating and like having good vendor relationships. That's a big deal. We are, I mean, by all means, like the art department is a lot like an architectural firm or a construction firm, you know, and your relationships with your vendors really contribute to how 
your set, your places, your sets look, you know, and the quality of that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a little, I guess it's a little complicated. I'm a little salty that people don't know more about it, but I'm happy to explain it every single time. The only reason I'm like salty about it is because the ignorance of it actually hits us in the paycheck area to be like directly political, but honest about this because a cinematographer is such a renowned, you know, like crew position. I think a lot of power and money is filtered there. And I think some, most of the time it's justified, you know, without a camera, you don't have a show, you don't have anything, but it's arguable that you don't have anything to shoot without a set. And then you realize like, it's all, they're all important, but I would like to see some more equity on the department head level. Like everyone's work is hard and important. And I think that could be leveled out, you know, on the accounting side. Um, but it's a big, it's a big Pandora's box talking about Hollywood accounting. Yes, but no, we definitely happy to hear that. All the details. Yeah, no, and I think, yeah, we're trying to, to educate ourselves even more too, to just really learn about all the different parts of it because as you say like yeah there are there's so many things involved so many people involved and so much work involved and and everyone is contributing to this final thing like as you said and then when it gets recognized you're like yeah it's okay i i'm getting recognized but it's also my team of 50 people and so just yeah kind of holding both of that both those things interesting yeah Yeah. and it's i think it's just a it's a nice tradition the awards I, i like i think the best way to work is to not for the award you know, you have to just come correct every single time, pretend that you have a hundred million and, you know, all the time in the world, every single time. Um, Cause that's what makes you good. <laughs> oh, the awards are good to remind everybody of like, who's on, who's working on this. Cause you know, for better or for worse, like you want to simplify the idea of an, a project like a movie or something like that's a Spielberg. But what does that mean? Like who are Spielberg's people? Like who, who's on his crew? Who, who's the family? Because they really put their fingerprints all over it too. Um, I think it's fine to refer to auteurs and styles, but it is really nice to know, like you picked the drapes. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. You decided it should be shot in LA. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. And just what you were saying about too, it really is so dependent on the individual's relationship to all these vendors and different people. Like that is such an individual unique thing that we're celebrating, but sometimes, you know, is so overlooked. Like, um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I, I don't always, I don't think like, I definitely just appreciate the attention, you know, and it's, um, uh, I hope like more of the public gets to know it. It's like such a legit job to be behind the scenes and so exciting. A lot of energy is focused onto on camera, but if you're lucky enough striving to make this part of the, this side of the camera, your goal, it's awesome. Like, please do it if you want to, you know, just try. It's a marathon, you know, and you don't have to be a genius. It doesn't really matter who you are. You just have to care. You have to care a lot. And uh, another, like, I guess, piece of wisdom is like, 
make friends, be a good person. It seems, duh, but like, <laughs> you, you need some capitalist mask, like you need to be soluble to people. But I also think if you're authentic about what you love to do and like who you want to accomplish, like who you want to work with to accomplish that, you can, you can get pretty far if you're patient. So you've gone to visit so many different, you know, periods of history uh, working on this show. Is there one that you're like, I really would love to to revisit this and kind of dig in deeper and, and create in that space? That's such a good question. I don't know. I love, I love it every time we do the 60s because it's so pretty. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Mad Men, so it's like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it would be nice. We do do a lot of, like, American rural stories, and, like, it's on the books of, like, these stories are we're planning to do, but it would be, and, and we're expanding into, like, um, you know, minority minority historical figures too just because like I don't know like that stuff you don't always see on camera you're starting to like the stories of people of color and like how they contributed to this country that's coming out more and more and drug history is a part of that so I'm just looking forward to like getting to know more people besides George Washington he's great sure but I've seen his room you know I've seen it I want to see, I want to see somebody else's room. I want to see somebody else's farm and their family and like what they had to deal with. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. There's a lot, there's a, a lot yet to see. And like outside of drunk history, like I love sci-fi, love horror. It would love, it would be really great to do something more stylish on like a longer term thing, you know? And I'm also like, such a huge music music fan. I like love what Beyonce is doing. I just want to do whatever she's doing because <laughs> she's really into like you know this mixed media video stuff. And I feel like there are a lot of artists like that. So. It's not disingenuous to say that I want to do everything, but I kind of do. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we end um, every interview with our lightning round, so you can answer um, with a word or phrase. Uh, we call it three, two, one action. So we'll start with three. Your favorite or most influential film? Most influential film is maybe Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I mean, I watched that every day one summer when I was five years old, you know. And talk about movie magic and talk about art department. So, so incredible. So, I don't know. It's so iconic. But also, like... It feels like you're on a Hollywood stage, you know, that yeah. artifice yeah. is fascinating. Like it kind of suspends your disbelief, but it doesn't. Like, what is that? What is that in between that we love so much? So I just love that. I love that. Um, two, dream person you want to work with. I did say Beyonce. You did, did say, say Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hard to top that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I know. Like, who else do I want to work with? I want to work with Nine Inch Nails. I know their music, but like, they have a big. I mean, their whole, all their art, is influential to me. You know, I've been a fan since I was thirteen. So, and he, they're still making stuff. Uh, shoot. Uh, so Beyonce, Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> music's definitely on my mind. Yeah. Uh, on the film side, like, I'm excited about people like. Ali Wong, um, on the behind the scenes side. I want to work with Matthew Lee Batik. He's like Filipino like me. 
I don't know, like, <laughs> what a dream. He's so good and beyond, leagues beyond. But if I ever had the chance to collaborate with him, that would be amazing. Um, one, best advice you've received? People won't remember what, they, what you did for them, but they'll remember how you made them feel, you know? That's a big one, especially in a town, in a business where a lot of people are good at it, you know? Like some of it is really hard. Some of it's really simple. Some of it is just like shopping all day. But who do you want to be around? Do you want to be with a cranky person or a nice person? Yeah. And you're going to pick the nice person. And that took a while for me to learn to turn down the grumpy. <laughs> Try not to be grumpy. And action, where can people follow you on social media? Oh, I'm M. Soto Voce. That's a little play on my last name. So that's M-S-O-T-T-O-V-O-C-E. I'm that on Twitter and Instagram. I do have a website. It's monicasetto.com, but it's under construction. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> my garden and not my portfolio got a lot of love this, during the pandemic. But, that sounds, there you go. Um, yeah, I'll have, I'll have more work up from Drug History since now it's all out. It's been out. Please check out season six. We are starting season seven. Fingers crossed that we can do it someday. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us. It was a true delight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You guys are awesome. You can find us at abrighterlens.com and at abrighterlens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at gmail.com. You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by Meg Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell. 